Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And thank you, Dick Warren, and the voice of Dick Warren there welcoming us to another edition of The Coaching Show. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, because, you know, you have to say it that way. Alex Terranova, are you officially a co-host now, Alex? Would you call yourself a co-host, a co-producer, a creator, a partner? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the audience is like, why does he keep asking him this? Is, is, how, is Christopher losing his mind? <laughs> I love that you think there's an audience. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, so you I, just so- want... If, I mean, if I get to say I'm a master certified coach, this is my show. My name is Christopher McCullough. <laughs> I don't think you want that life. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I've given it some thought. Okay. So uh, that's the voice of Alex Terranova. He's a professional certified coach. Uh, you're in your, is it six yet? Fifth year? Uh, this December, uh, December going this is the sixth year anniversary of when I quit my job and like actually became a coach so this is the mark this is like marking the beginning of that sixth year congratulations yeah thanks. did you ever go back or or forward to something else oh I mean possibly forward I don't I don't know what the future holds but I would never go back and I it's hard to imagine that six years ago I was living like a completely different life in a different city, different people. I thought about myself differently. Like I had no idea that I would be starting a business. Um, I hadn't read a book. (laughs) Um, like, I mean, my life is a hundred, like 180 degree difference than it was. So, and it's so much better. I mean, I, I, if I lived in a bubble because the world is is facing obviously lots of challenging things like 2020 has been one of the best years of my life and 2019 before that and 2018 before that. So I'm expecting big things from 2021 for me, you know, it's an interesting time. Uh, here we are in December and you know, people, at least my clients are, most of us are doing some sort of a review of the year or, and or creation of next year. Do you do, do you have a ritual like that? I do. I, um, I've been doing a ritual like that for the last two or three years with our friend, Melanie. And we decided, we're actually decided yesterday that we're going to open up our ritual to all of our clients, anyone that we've, that we've ever coached, um, as a gift. So we talked about it yesterday and we're like, Oh, we have to find like the list and get all the emails and invite, you know, we're basically, it's worked so well for us like letting go of the year, creating what's next that we're going to, we're going to give it as a gift to anyone that's ever worked with us. That's amazing. What that's do you, what, what do you do? Cause you're a master certified coach. So I feel like it's gotta be better than what right. I, so I, I don't actually have to do anything cause it's just automatically <laughs> given. Right. Jim? Uh, let's get our, I'd be happy to talk to you, but I want to get our guest in here. Um, and if you don't mind, given that we kind of sort of know each other from around here, from around the way, uh, I'll introduce Jennifer Britton is with us again. She's a coach, an author, and a thought leader in the area of group and team coaching. You have to say that carefully, group and team coaching. A very early pioneer in the virtual and remote space since the 1990s. She's led teams and programming virtually, first in the humanitarian sector, sector, I should say, and later 
through her company, Potentials Realize. She's also the author of five books, including Effective Group Coaching, which we talked about here on this program uh, many years ago, From One to Many, Best Practices for Team and Group Coaching, Effective Virtual Conversations, and her latest book, Plan, Do, Track workbook and planner for virtual and remote professionals. Couldn't be more timely when you created it in 2019. I'm sure you didn't envision this. A CPC and a PCC, also the 2016 recipient of the PRISM Award for Excellence in Coaching from the ICF Toronto. Uh, awarded the Award of Excellence for Curriculum Design. She offers a number of ICF CCE approved programs for coaching and uh, you can find out more uh, by going to Potentials Realized. Welcome, Jennifer Britton. Hi. Hi, Christopher. So good to be back with you. I think it must have been several years. Mm -hmm. I know last time we connected, it was by phone. And so good to see you. Nice to meet Alex as well this morning. And as you were talking, Alex, I was sort of reflecting like, yeah, wow, like year end, right? This year has been so interesting. And uh, many of our clients are eager to usher it out, but many are also eager to look back and do a year-end reflective on what it's been like, what the learning has been, and where we're going next. So great to be both with both of you today. I had that, um, I, I'm curious, for, for anyone that's had it go well, I'm just, I had a thought yesterday went, man, if, if I'm on the lucky side of it going well, does that mean 2021 is going to be bad? Is it like, it was a very superstitious belief, and then I was like, wait, this is not real. Let's let that go very quickly. <laughs> All about mindset, right? What you put your attention around happens. And, and to Christopher, you know, it was interesting. And in, in my work, which has taken me in the remote space for three decades, you know, this year has been very interesting as I've been called forward to support not only coaches, but leaders, organizations, and making this radical pivot. But my books, right? My last two books, Plan, Do, Track, and Effective Virtual Conversations, people are like, okay, like, this is what we really need. And it's like, yes, but you know, three years ago, when EVC, as I call it, came out, wasn't so popular. But this year, certainly, you know, we've all had to find even for those of us seasoned in the remote space, it's different ways of working, different ways of having conversation. And I think for our line of work as coaches, it's even more important that we continue to do what we do. People are hungry to connect and be in dialogue with each other, especially in these times of, of social and physical distancing. I, I really get that. And I'm, uh, that's a beautiful segue. And yet I'm going to go in the opposite direction because <laughs> I, I definitely want to hear about people's year end and or beginning rituals. Do you have something that you do, Jennifer, either for yourself or, or with your clients? Absolutely. So yeah, there's been the traditional, actually, my first year of business back in 2004. In December that year on teleconferencing lines, I decided I'd do a year-end group and team programs call. In those days, group and teams in the world of coaching didn't go together. But I was like, this is really an area I think I'm going to play with. And I, I really wanted to look at who else would show up on these calls. Starting in 20, 2004, that was the first of now almost 17 years of doing these year-end calls, which I open it up, invite anyone to join me. This year, we're not just doing one day. I'm going to do a five-day challenge, actually, the week of December 7th called Power Up to Stand Out Virtually. And I think people especially really like a bit of a rhythm. So whether it's a one-off or whether it's you know being part of a group that's moving in a consecutive series of days or weeks... I think 2020 is also about getting some rhythm happening because it really has been a bit of a static nature. So yes, year end, really important for us, really important for our clients as well to mark a pause 
and give a chance to reflect and think about where we've been, where we now, and where do we want to go, which is the heart of coaching. Well, like everybody, my attention span is very short. So let's go back to this five-day thing, because yeah. I can't be sitting there for five days on the Zoom. Yeah. What's, the, what's the format and the structure? So for? the format is 30 minutes a day. I do 30 minutes a day. A lot of other people do longer challenges, but in my world, you know, 30 minutes come together. I've hosted them at different times of the day. This one's mm -hmm. going to be at like 1030 Eastern, which is good for people in Europe, people on the Pacific coast. And we meet for, you know, a focused conversation and like coaching some field work afterwards. So mm -hmm. challenges are about learning, but also putting it into action. And I think that's a really key theme of what we do as coaches as well. It's not just about learning and thinking. It's about actually executing it. And the nice thing about a five-day challenge is you're learning, you're putting it into practice, you're coming back the next day. And then we reflect quickly on like, so what did you learn? You know, how does this connect with something new? And now let's put something else on top of it. So, you know, different, depending on where you play in the, the online world, challenges have been around for years. But I sort of found myself falling into this ecosystem earlier this year going, wow, and I committed to doing one. It was so successful back in August and people loved it under the standout virtually umbrella that I did another one in October. And then I'm going to do this third one. And each one's been slightly different. A lot of people will just do the same challenge each time. For me, like there's a natural progression in the conversation that we're having. And it's not just been the same people um, every time. So that's sort of the, the framing, Christopher. I don't know what it sparks for you. What are you, what are you thinking of in your work? Well, I love it. Uh, I love it. I'll answer your question your, in a moment. But how do we participate in this standout virtually? Where do we go? How do we how do we register? Because so 30 minutes I can do. Yeah, standoutvirtually.com. Just go to standoutvirtually.com. I've converted that first main page over. You'll read a little bit about the Power Up Challenge, making it super easy. Because again, it's these crisp 30-minute sound bites. If you're free next week, December 7th, join me in my Zoom room from 10.30 a.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. and we're gonna help you power up around your vision, your purpose, and more specifically, like what you can look like and your business can look like in the virtual realm for 2021. Great, that's, I'm, I'm there, that sounds wonderful. You're there, awesome, yeah. <laughs> I'll welcome you. Alex, yeah. like Jennifer, if, if people are, you know, you started with teams and groups, if somebody's listening to this and they're asking themselves, wait, I, am I part of a team or part of a group? How do I know the difference? How does that, in, how does that in our work with the, the Stand Up Virtually program? Like, how do they know? So, such a great question, because in the virtual space, we're all remote, right? And what's been interesting, I've worked with remote teams my entire career, 30 years now almost, and we've always been a bit more like a group, right? Like, you, the two of you are a partnership. You're, in effect, a team. You're creating a great podcast with listeners. There's a shared vision there, which really is an element of team components. When we're a group, you know, we're just coming together with shared interests. There's no common collective goals. We can be very geographically dispersed. And so in the virtual space, it's quite interesting because, um, you know, we are often more like a group than a team. So my whole body of work has actually been about bringing people together, people of all sorts together for any sort of conversation. In today's world, and this has been my focus since I opened my doors in 2004, it's been mostly virtual because I came to coaching as a leader with the UN. And unfortunately, I'd lost vision in one of my eyes, which was what actually precipitated me into doing my work virtually. Because in this space, I don't notice, you know, a bad eye. Um, in person, 
like as I age, especially, I really do. And in my former line of work on the front line of disaster management and like very extreme conditions, I was like, why I transitioned to this was because I would have put my teams in liability. And so again, pivot, 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 right? We all have our own pivot story. But what I've loved about this year is I can take my passion for virtual and remote work on all different layers and then marry it with what I've become known for, which is like, how do you expand the coaching conversation to groups and teams? And they're related siblings. They're sisters or brothers or family members, if you want to think of it that way. Well, I don't know if you have a follow-up, Alex, but I do. The, the thing that I'm wondering, first of all, if we could just speak, if we could, you know, sort of shout from the mountaintops, they're all coaches everywhere. What's the one thing that most coaches are doing wrong or could immediately do better in the virtual space? So it, it relates to a theme that we've been talking about already. Create more pause points for people to stop, reflect, and think about where they are. Because we're moving right now in the span of a day from Zoom call to Zoom call to Zoom call. Think about how much breath people have in between those calls. And so someone may show up at a coaching call, whether it's an individual coaching call, a group coaching call, or a team coaching call, and they're like, oh, I'm here at a meeting. But no, coaching is not a meeting. <laughs> coaching is about you as the client having space to drive the bus, to be focused on what's important for you. So I think one, we do have to get better at signaling a reminder of like, why are we together? What is the purpose of this Zoom call, Teams call, virtual conversation? And then let's make sure we create a pause to get grounded, to think about what we want out of this conversation. And then at the end, to also leave space for people to schedule, right? This is a very little issue, but there is so much overwhelm. And I think part of the Zoom fatigue that's happened this year has been because we're just running from one event to another. So even are we perhaps elongating that sort of closeout of the coaching conversation to really leave a little bit more time to help people reflect on what did you learn today? You know, what are some new insights that you have? And how are you going to apply this? What are you committed to doing before we come back together again? In former years, former months, we could really sort of shorten that end process of the coaching conversation. We still can today. But I think if we really want to be in service and have our virtual calls stand out, we do need to provide more of that pause front end and back end, as I've often called the, the bookends of the group routine coaching conversation. I'm just all middles. There's no beginnings or ends. <laughs> You're in the messy middle. I love that. Christopher, I've seen you smile. So what were you, what were you connecting with as, as you heard me? What, what do you do in your work to uh, create this? Well, I, I, I love the pausing piece because uh, I've, been in, I've been the guy in the meeting who had something to say and never said it because other people would, you know, those meetings where everybody's trying to jockey for a position or, or say their thing. And so I, I was musing about my own, um, like it feels when it's happening in a meeting that you're in, like you're victimized or I'm victimized. But then I was, I was reflecting on, I wonder how many times I've been the perpetrator where I got to say my thing, but other people, oh, thanks, Alex. Yeah, Alex, that's a little too vehement of your head, head nodding. Well, you're, yeah. you're, and I'm going to jump in here because I think what you're speaking to is actually a really important meta theme that is like in the backdrop of all of 2020, which is how do we bring everyone's voice into the room and how do we bring everyone's voice into the room 
in coaching, but also virtually, right? And so this is where it's interesting, back to like when you're working with more than one person, even prior to COVID, a lot of coaches have been like, am I coaching? Am I training? Am I facilitating, right? And, And as someone who coaches or works with many people in any sort of conversation, we need to be a lot more intentional with the process or process that we're using. And so to bring everyone's voice in the room, we may be utilizing and leveraging different approaches, not just asking questions and expecting a verbal response, but also going to chat and getting those who might feel more comfortable in chat than verbal integrating in that way. Or for yet others, if you're working with global groups and maybe English or the language we're working in is not our first language, using annotation to sort of signal, this is my input into this group. So there's a lot of you know layers to this in terms of how do we really create like memorable and interactive conversations where everyone's voice is in the room and and we're also you know rec- recognizing that we all have different ways of interacting with the world as well. You just said something you know coaching training facilitating being intentional about putting your voice in. I notice you know when Christopher was saying sometimes he's the perpetrator and sometimes he's not prior to to being trained as a coach, I always felt like I had to put it in. Like I, like I was victimized if I didn't. And the more I've spent time in this world, the more I'm saying, I know I can put my thoughts, like I know I'm never, I'm always willing to go first, put my thoughts in. Let me lean back and see. Let me be intentional about leaning back, giving people the space. And if no one takes it, then I can step in. And I think the the question I'm curious is like, like we've been, I feel like I've been trained to do this. Like it's, be, I've become aware of, hey, what do I need to say that's for me? What do I need to say that's for the group? Mm-hmm. Can you train that? Like, is there something you can share with us that people that are listening can go, oh, I'm always feeling like I have to put the thing in, but maybe the thing is sometimes just for me and I just need to like write it down. Yes, yes. But you're talking to a lot of layers there, Alex. I think this is really important. And how are we showing up, right? To presence, to our competency around presence and now coaching mindset. How are we showing up in a conversation, whether we're a coach or not? And sometimes it's more powerful to not say anything or be selective in how we say it um, and what we say. So there's the what of a conversation and there's the how of a conversation. And to our current virtual reality, you know, we want to be careful with the assumptions we're making around silence. Does silence mean people are disengaged? Does silence mean I'm thinking? So we can actually use silence pretty intentionally and let our group members know, listen, we're going to take 30 seconds right now for all of us to reflect on this question before I open it up. And I want to invite you, maybe you want to say something verbally, or maybe you want to share it in chat. You know, are we even framing a question like that. And then that gives people choice, right? I can decide, oh, I've been a little, you know, here time hoggish. I've said a lot already on this call. I think I'll just insert my thoughts via chat versus inserting it via, via um, verbally. So I don't know, lot, lots of layers as always, which are there are many layers to all of our coaching conversations. Let's keep going with this then. And you've said the other thing that you brought up was the conversation about Zoom fatigue. 
<laughs> I know I have. It's not Zoom fatigue. It's like human being fatigue. It's communication fatigue. My family wanted to get on for Thanksgiving, and I was like, really? We have to do this? We have to be on a Zoom? I, I was so uninterested in doing this. Um, but it, for me, it doesn't feel like Zoom. It feels just like having to... Um, there's something different about showing up to a space with other humans, which does take some generating for some people, then getting on multiple phone calls or getting on a, a screen. Um, is it real? Is this just like made up in our minds? What do we do if we're feeling victim to it? Yeah. Well, you know, before, before the pandemic, you know, I spent the last several years doing a lot of research and a lot of writing on remote work. And we know that one of the, like the, uh, criteria for success of any sort of remote worker has always been boundaries, right? And now, now we all have these boundaries. It's like, how much time do I spend online? How much time do I spend with others versus spend by myself? How much time do I spend on work versus life? And our boundaries really have become quite blurred. So I think some of the fatigue and some of the sense is like, what are the boundaries I'm invoking? What are the boundaries I have control over, don't have control over, et cetera? Think about, and you know, Alex, as I, I heard you speak about your experience last week with, with American Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm in Canada, so it was like a bit of a pause, which was really nice. But we had a family gathering on Zoom in April for Easter, and then when our Thanksgiving came through in October, sort of put it out to my cousins. I'm like, do we want to meet up? And it was like, you know what, I think we'll just do this by email. <laughs> That was so interesting. I don't know whether we'll get together by uh, Christmas, but we've actually as a family devolved back to, you know, like we're sending letters again, just because I think when we are on like high visibility, interactive calls, it's a different energy that we need to bring. And so what I do appreciate about 2020, and I like to always look on the brighter side of life and in moments of crises, because that's how I was trained in my former world of work. You know, the, the brighter side is it's helping us get really clear on what's important and like, where do we want to spend our time and, you know, what's important for us. So we'll all come to different decisions, but the fatigue of boundaries has always been there in the remote space. And it's even been worse when many of us, myself included, have had to merge in-person work with virtual work. And I think the world of the hybrid, right? Many people are saying right now, even with a vaccine, you know, we'll probably go to more of a life of hybrid where we have virtual and in, in person, that will bring additional challenges. And it might feel even more uh, challenging than what we've been through when we're just all in one space. But when you try to merge in person and virtual, it's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> so Alex, what, what did I spark for you? These were two questions back to back. What are you thinking about right now? Zoom fatigue, boundaries? You know, I think I think it's important to say how we feel like about doing things. You know, I was the one I said to my family, I really don't want to do this. Like I don't, I, I don't enjoy, I'm not a, I don't enjoy it very much. And it's just not the way I want to connect. I'd rather call each of you one-on-one -on -one and have real like personal conversations. And then I left it with, and if you all want me to be there, I'll be there. I'm not going to be the, the spoiler you know, for the whole family. Um, but I was a little Grinch-like <laughs> when I showed up, uh, if I'm really honest. But I think, I think to your, I think what you're, what, what came up for me is, you know, we all do have a different 
reaction and response to these things, just like we all have a different reaction. Some people thrive in team meetings Mm -hmm. or some people thrive in workshops and other people that's really uncomfortable. And some people, you know, I think I'm very, I think I'm pretty good. Christopher is probably judging me and has a report card for me. Um, You know, when we're podcasting and whatnot, but there's something when you throw a bunch of people in a zoom room and because of the talking over each other and it taking zoom a long time to adjust, I feel like it's just unnatural and awkward. Um, and you don't get the same, this, the same feeling as if you're sitting around a table and you can read people's body language and, and whatnot. So. And back to process, right? If you're coaching, not just having an informal conversation, but coaching, how are you making sure that you are getting people to really, you know, work through the elements of, you know, here's how we're going to work it. You know, we're going to go earliest in the day to latest in the day. Uh, We're going to give everyone sort of, you know, an opportunity to input, or we're going to go to smaller groups, right? I think what a lot of people are trying to do is like have conversation in big rooms, virtually or otherwise, where it's really better for a breakout, better for two or three people to come together um, and then be selective. What's the best What's the best platform for the right type of conversation? And, you know, does it always have to be group? Does it always have to be team? Can it be one-on-one? Yeah, a lot of people think, oh, she doesn't do one-on-one work. But you know what? We can never replace the deep dive of a one-on-one conversation. And so how do we ensure that we're having, you know, and providing offerings and options for the clients that we work with? Because not everyone is a group person. Not every conversation is a group conversation as well. Well, and on that point, I was thinking today about, as we were coming to this episode, I was thinking, you know, coaches are weird because, well, for many reasons, but one of the one I was thinking of is we work mostly individually, right? I'm in my office, you're in your office, we're all in our places individually, and yet we coach groups of people, right, on groups, group dynamics or existing teams. Now, in my considered opinion, in my humble opinion, uh, coaching a team is one of the most perilous things we do as coaches because, you know, we're the fresh meat in the room, so to speak, right? There's, they've already worked out all their power dynamics, all their relationships, who's on top, who's, you know, the, the person in the corner, and then we show up. So it, it's often unfamiliar territory, I would assert, for coaches. What are the issues that you're seeing teams dealing with right now? And what is an effective either tooltip or technique for coaches who are fierce individualists working with an existing group of people? I know that's two questions. Yeah, Sorry. yeah there's, a, there's a couple of great questions there, though. I love it. And let, let's maybe segue over into teams, right, for a while, because that's a whole other. And I think, you know, as we, as we approach 2021 for the world of coaching, ICF has just released the team coaching competencies. You know, I've already heard people saying, oh, I hear team coaching is like the next thing, which is great. And as someone who's written in this space, like absolutely teams are the engines of business. And I think we also need to first look at ourselves, like who are we? What is our experience of teams? We've all been part of teams at some stage of our life cycle. But I do continue to see that we all have very Um, you know, very set perspectives of what we consider a team to be. And as someone who led teams, you know, prior to becoming a coach and becoming a solopreneur, where I intentionally said, I don't want to grow a business where I have a big team. I led huge teams. I led teams across regions of the world that were very diverse, very complex, and amazing teams. And that took a lot of work. 
right? It was my work as a leader was really in helping to orchestrate that team, helping them connect with the resources they needed. And to grow a business like mine as a coach while also managing a team like that, I don't think I could have done what I've done in the last 17 years. So we need to first look at ourselves. Like what are we bringing to a team coaching conversation? Because we will have an imprint. And the thing is, as a team coach, we always need to remember that we're outside of their system. We are like the visitor and we are coming in, having conversations and leaving. They are continuing the conversation when we're gone. And so how are we empowering them uh, with questions, with perhaps models to help them develop those practices so that they can be really self-thriving? Now, it's even more complex now with a layer of virtual because our team members are not seeing each other on a regular basis. Many of the social fabrics that they've had bonding them as a team, their team identity has had to shift during 2020. And not all teams have done a good work in even having the conversation around who are we as a team? What's our identity? What's our virtual team culture? And as someone who was a remote team leader, like that's the most important conversation I think for teams to have right now. If they have not visited it or are not looking at it regularly, what is this team in this current iteration? A lot of teams thought that they were going back into the workplace and now they're back. Other parts of the world, they are going back into the workspace. So who are we in this very fluid business environment? And as coaches, I think that's where a big part of the value can come by asking the questions. Who are you? How do you operate? What are you noticing about the behaviors? And, you know, given that we are potentially in a virtual team, all in different locations, is my behavior matching your behavior? Have we talked about our team agreements in terms of what is acceptable, not acceptable? What about email reply, customer service? And that, that's where if people aren't on the same page, if there isn't alignment, a lot of the conflict can start to emerge. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I, um, 
I want, I want to want to, there's so much good stuff around the teams that I feel like I could ask you so much more from like a training, like to give information to people. But I'm also curious, I know tons of, especially starting out coaches that look to build group programs. And then I think um, once we hit a point also in our practices where we built robust individual practices, we look at group programs because you can only, you're only going to have so many individual clients and so many hours. And if you want to grow your business, likely this is another way to do it. Do you have any, you know, best practices or ways to build strong group programs? Absolutely. (laughs) So we're going to leave teams. I want to really make this clear because part of the complexity right now is like, what is the entity that I'm working with? And that's a big part of just, you know, checking in, contracting, really creating a coaching agreement. So again, we're going to leave teams. We're going to go to groups and definitely, you know, like if we look to research best practices for coaching, because right now groups are everywhere. And I think as a group worker, that's phenomenal, but not every group is the same kind of group. So as a coach, you know, our groups are interactive. They're grounded in coaching online, online groups might mean many different things right now, but I'm going to really frame it into coaching groups. Coaching groups can be no more than 15 from an ICF perspective. I'm quite amazed because we're in an era where, you know, big programs are offering group coaching, but you're one of like 500 people or one of 50 people. And so from an ICF perspective for a coach, a credential coach to include coaching hours with a group on their log, it needs to be 15 people or less. So it's highly interactive. And within that frame, this is where I'm going to put my, my sort of my comments here. Best practices, you know, we continue to see all those elements. Number one is it, great groups rely on that trust and connection. And so we can't necessarily just jump in and have a great conversation. We can, but it's not going to sustain itself. People need to know each other. They need to trust each other. They need to trust you as a coach. So your first conversation with a group is really going to be helping them create that one, the trust and connection needed, helping the group articulate what's the roadmap. You know, are we co-creating this? Or is this a group for entrepreneurs? And so, you know, people sign up because they know that week one, you're going to do an assessment of who you are as an entrepreneur. Week two, you're going to look at strengths. Even within fixed themes, we still want to come from a coaching perspective of what's important about this topic for you. So I'm the purest here. I'm always going to be the pure voice of like, let's make sure we're really group coaching a la ICF core coaching competencies. Not just saying I'm coaching in an online world, which is really training, because group coaching doesn't have a lot of content. It really should not have content. Um, We're going to coach around content, which might be micro learning. It might be the teachable course, the Kajabi course that you're doing. But coaching is coaching is coaching. It really is about helping people take what they're learning, look at what you're learning, and now apply it into the world. So yes, Alex, absolutely. There's a lot of great best practices. I've just sort of touched on a few around the relational aspect because I think in you know any, any relationship, if we spend a lot of time up front getting to know each other, figuring out you know, what are our goals collectively or individually, and then start looking at the roadmap of where we're heading to, it, uh, it really sets the foundations for success and confidence on the part of the client. The client feels empowered. And, and has the clarity they need in order to determine where they want to go next. I know that Alex has follow-ups, and I, and I know that this is a topic we need to explore more deeply, but I have to ask you this question right now or I'm going to explode. Um, 
<laughs> to our earlier conversation about me hogging the space on a call. Um, what about these people? And I want to call them weasels who show up on the Zoom, whatever it is, the group, the team, the whatever it is, and turn their camera off or give us, you know, that kind of a thing, right? Mm, yeah. Because for me, A, I know you're doing something else and it's probably something you shouldn't be doing. Uh, and B, it just, you know, I'm not sure if I want to see the person being distracted by whatever else they're doing, right? To know, so, oh, I see they're mopping the floor or whatever it is. Or if it's somehow more respectful to like be gone if you're not actually paying attention. Do you have any any input or personal feelings about this? I, I do. And so, you know, number one rule is always check our own assumptions, right? And we learn this the hard way. We learn this the easy way. But we always want to be respectful. We don't want to make up a lot of stories. So I think, one, we go back to the basics. What are our group agreements around participation, right? And call number one, how are we going to show up? Is it acceptable to not have video? Well, you know what? Maybe my employer is not allowing me to share my microphone or my camera. This is actually the reality in a lot of workplaces today. I was on a call late last week and um, yeah, it was, it was your Thanksgiving day and I was presenting to a group here in Canada. And so we had, a, we had about 200 people on the line, HR professionals, many of them, it was a breakfast presentation. So they were calling in from you know, their work computers. And as I put people into breakout, because I really wanted people to engage and not just be one of 200 people for like hours at a time, and so I found myself in a breakout room and there was someone in the room who said, I'm sorry, I can't turn on my video. I cannot turn on my microphone because I'm on a company laptop. And so I said, well, that's great. Thanks for sharing. You know, can we ask you to get involved in the conversation via chat? And she said, sure. So, you know, like we had this very interesting, again, hybrid voice chat. Like we want to use all the tools that are available to us. And so I think if we have agreements that yes, Mic off, camera off might not mean, uh, you know, I am doing something else. Like I am, I'm fully here, but as a coach, we want to make sure we're doing that pulse check regularly. So are we asking a question? Are we, you know, putting something on the screen and saying, hey, I want you to involve, you know, get involved, get active with annotation. And everyone can really use annotation unless they're on a phone, right? Some people might be on a phone and on the phone, annotation is harder to do. So check assumptions, but also have agreements around what is appropriate for the conversation in the moment and what is not. And certainly as a coach, if it's a coaching group, that becomes a coachability issue. If someone is showing up week after week after week and it's not, you know, uh, taking action, you know, learning, involving themselves, like, should they be part of the coaching process? That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, Alex. Sorry, back to your regular scheduled programming there. I, I love, I just wrote myself like a note as, you know, when I've done group things or whether it be long-term or short-term, you know, we've, we set that we create the space, but I've never thought about actually just setting, hey, these are, if you're going to be in this program, here are the agreements. Like these are actually not even, this is, I'm creating this space, you know, like, you have to be on camera or you have to, whatever it is, right? It doesn't matter. Um, but it's just a, it was just a great, I love that you put that in as you can start with that. People can actually make that choice right up front versus like, oh, I get on this call and I wash my floors while I'm on this call and 
you know, other people are intently, just like I think on individual, you know, I think most coaches that I know, it's like your clients can't be driving their car or shopping, you know, grocery shopping while they're on their coaching call. It's just not acceptable. Yeah. Um, well, what are we here for, right? Are we here to coach or are we here to be a passive you know, yeah. participant, which is not coaching, you know, coaching involves, I can only coach you as a, as a client, if you're actively involved in the process. And so what I think has become very complex and murky is like, people are just showing up at calls back to my earlier point. What are we here for right now? Remember, this is a coaching call. And you've agreed, you know, you made a commitment, not only to yourself, but to the rest of this group, weeks ago that here's what we agreed and you know we're going to show up it, there may be instances right i've had a father who's been hospitalized in recent weeks it's like even for me there have been time where i've had to say listen i'm having to take a call from my parents house i'm going to be like a little bit on mute but i am here i'm listening so you want to have that trust and, and it goes back to the trust and connection as well i wanted to follow up too before with we, you were kind of setting the the how to create powerful groups. Mm. Is there are there ways that you have that you build the groups? You know, I think that there's there's people that advertise. You know, they use their social media. There's other people that get on the phone and call fifty people to put. Are there like best practices for how you found ways to build groups? Well, you know, I think it all goes back to what works well for you as a coach and what works well for your clients. I always get nervous when someone's like, there's only one way to do it. You know, in the world of groups, there's so many ways to do it. And our groups are so diverse. We need to think about where do our groups congregate, right? Are they maybe part of a professional association where we might be out speaking to those groups like last week, HR professionals, right? And and because of my relationship over the years in with HR professionals, that's where actually a lot of my team coaching work comes from. They know me, they trust me, they know that I do groups. And so it's like when a leader comes to them, it's like, hey, have you reached out to Jennifer Britton and her firm? You know, that's what she does. So there's a, there's a long tail and a short tail to marketing. And I think at the end of the day, we want to do things consistently so that we can stand out virtually. So if I don't like to speak, don't pick speaking as your, you know, primary vehicle. If you love to write, create a, you know, create a blog, create a podcast. Well, not a podcast. If you like to speak, create a podcast or be a podcast guest. So I think we want to harness our natural talents and then also look at what, what is appropriate for our clients. Are they on social media or to what we've been saying today? Are they off social media because they're feeling like they're digitally saturated with so many things. So like anything, and I do, I continue to do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. You know, I'm a multifaceted business. It's been diverse, but like diversification is important. And 2020 has taught the need for continued business diversification. Are you putting all your eggs in one basket, which might be good for a moment in time? Or are you looking at having multiple vehicles or multiple ways to be building relationships at the end of the day, we're coaches. It's a high trust relationship. And so we do need to have some level of conversation, whether that's on the phone, in an email, in a group, but people do need to know what you have to offer. And so join me. <laughs> a little shameless plug of like next week. This is why I started evolving the standout virtually brand, because really to, to be seen in today's world, it is about being very clear on your message but also having a differentiator and people can know like, oh, she's the go-to woman on groups and teams, or he's the guy to go to for this or that. So how are you showing up consistently in whatever ecosystem 
you've decided you want to focus on because we can't be everywhere right like there's a limit to our time we can scale but pick one start with one and, and do it consistently so just for like clarity like it, it what i what i think i heard you say is there it, basically stick with what works for you to build that's been building your brand or your company if you're somebody that does well build finding people online use online to build your groups that right and if you're somebody that's built your practice by making phone calls build your groups by that way that same way if yeah. it's the same client right like your clients are always going to indicate what's the best vehicle for you sure we might think it's good but your data will mm. tell you otherwise this is why i wrote coaching business builder and plan do track which are really geared at helping you know for coaches coaching business builders like who are you as a coach but also getting them to think on the marketing lens of like what's important for you if you're if your clients aren't online don't invest on an online strategy as your primary. It might be a secondary or a tertiary approach, um, but we do, you know, if you look at where do people get results, they're gonna do things that they love to do. So how do we harness our strengths and our talents with our passions and then interface that with what our clients want? And if, you, if you've read, you know, from one to many, best practices for group and team coaching in 2013, you'd notice that framework. It's the Venn diagram I talk about in the book with looking, you know, really originally coming from Jim Collins of what are your passions, what are your talents, and then what are your client needs? And when we intersect those, I think you've got a winning recipe for marketing as long as you get out and have conversations or do your thing consistently. So I'm a writer. It's not enough to show up once a week or once a month, but if I'm doing something consistently, that's going to start to have an impact in like the very big oceans that we're in right now. I think that's the, that's the big thing for me. It's, you know, it's so easy to, when you're frantic or desperate to generate, but then once things are going well, right, it's easy to sort of, Oh, I've got other things or. Yeah. Like that. And this is, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in your first year of business or 17th year of business, we got to keep marketing. We keep growing as a business. So what are you committed to doing short term, medium term and long term? And, and hopefully it's not something we have to do. It's something we love to do because we want to grow sustainable businesses. Right. Look at business success rates. And, you know, I, I, I do feel very privileged to be working with so many great coaches who have been in business for five years, 10 years, 15 years. You know, they've found a way to really have their business match the passions that they have and then the clients that they want to serve. And so to really be in the long haul, we've got to find that intersect. I just did that, that altogether too familiar thing where I thought I was on mute and then I thought I came off, but I did the opposite. Um, you've been making the rounds with your books, which of course, you know, seem prescient, like that you, that you somehow knew something before 2020 and that we would all be in this virtual world. Um, and you have a giveaway for our listeners today, an ebook that you've been uh, providing to people. Yeah, absolutely. So you can head on over to groupcoachingessentials.ca forward slash thanks 
.html. So what I've pulled together this fall is a quick ebook, and I'll give that link in just a minute. So grab your pens as I'm talking. But um, it's an ebook, which is seven ways to amplify your virtual conversations. So whether you are coaching or having a family meeting, you know, we all want to amplify our virtual presence in some way. So head on over to groupcoachingessentials.ca. Many of you will know me through that brand of Group Coaching Essentials, but it is .ca, .com will direct you to, you know, .ca. So it's groupcoachingessentials.ca forward slash thanks .html. And feel free to download that. Again, you'll find me on YouTube uh, under my name, Jennifer J. Britton, or Effective Group Coach. So there's a lot of content that I've created over the years. Like, feel free to dig in, use this to Alex's questions around best practices. I've really spent the last decade plus talking about the best practices for designing, marketing, and implementing group coaching, as well as team coaching. And given that these two areas are so much, you know, coming to the forefront, we do want to make sure that we're continuing to leverage what's already in existence, what the research says, so that we can continue to evolve according to what our clients need. You've also got a podcast. We should plug that. Yeah. So I'm a podcast host as well. I love seeing that you two are co-hosts because I co-host a great podcast around remote work. It's called Remote Pathways. We also launched before the pandemic. It comes out of actually my new line of writing which is really all about remote work and remote life and leadership. And so head on over to remotepathways.com. We look at the people, places, and pathways to remote work. And so uh, in my writing, I talk a lot about a group that's known as the Digital Dozen, and they uh, consist of entrepreneurs, leaders, virtual facilitators. As, as my co-host Michelle Mullins likes to say, she's like, Jen, I see why you created the Digital Dozen. You've almost lived in almost every role. And in, actually, in the last 30 years, I've had a lot of different digital roles, and as we do. But what's beautiful with this space is the principles and practices to excellent work in the virtual space is similar. It doesn't matter whether we're project managers or coaches, entrepreneurs, or you know, healthcare providers providing service virtually best practice is best practice in the virtual space. So thanks for allowing me to talk about remote pathways. Stay tuned for more in 2021 because I have a couple new books coming out next year that will be around remote work and entrepreneurship. I don't know how you wrote the first five, let alone the <laughs> yeah, Daily this is steps, great. right? Like back to, I practice what I preach. I'm not just joking saying, do it daily, do what you love daily. I'm a busy mom. I am a busy, busy business owner, coach, trainer, you know, caretaker now for my parents. But I do find 15 to 30 minutes every day to write because I love it. That's my time. And so I know that my books have made their way around the world, served people greatly, and I'm going to continue to write. So, yes. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> what have I activated in you, Alex? How have I made you? I'm, mad? Um, value, I'm sitting here going like I wrote my first. I published and wrote my first book last year, and I was just talking to my coach about this yesterday. But how when I wrote that book, it was really for me. Like it was actually like putting in all the energy and the time was was so I was so motivated because it was really a, a, a passion project, and it really came. And now it's like I, I'm looking to write multiple other books, but the motivation is a lot less. I don't have, it's like I did the thing for me. Now it's more to support others. And uh, getting the 15, 20, 30 minutes an hour a day has been a battle. And I don't have children. 
And I didn't, so I'm going, so I'm listening to you going, oh, so she has more stuff. This is perfect. This is great. Like, <laughs> so find the why, right? When you have the why, everything yeah. becomes clear. And I think, you know, it's interesting. One of the books that is coming out next year was birthed in a weekend as part of an adult literacy fundraiser this year. Um, and so I wrote the first part of it really in like 72 hours, and then I've continued to build upon it. The other book, at least that's slated, I've been sitting on for two and a half years. And it's really like the tome. Like it's more like effective group coaching or from one to many, that longer book around virtual and remote work and life and leadership. Um, the other one is more of a passion project. But, you know, to get the passion, I've been able to also find part of my uh, passion of like always commitment to social change, right? That's been a big part of my world of work before I became a coach. And so whether it's around literacy or environmental issues, homelessness, there's always a way I think we can find uh, to, to merge our passions and our business with those causes that are so important to us. So. Uh, you make it sound easy, but I think we all know that it's not. Alex wrote not. a book. And I've, and, and, People have asked me, you know, when are you going to write your book or have you written a book? And I say, no, it's, it's nobody's business. You know, I <laughs> writing is not my thing. If you want to talk to me, call me up. Yeah, and you're a podcaster, right? You've had this podcast now how many years, Christopher? Uh, darn close to 20. Yeah. There you go. call it internet radio. That was yeah. my favorite. Yeah, well, that's, that's, you know, a creative contribution in a different way. I don't think we all have to write. We can speak. We can create video like that's the beauty of, of creativity and media and creative mediums. It's just like, how do we want to get our word and our our words out into the world so that well, you can stand out? <laughs> well, we're grateful that you write and uh, give us so much valuable information. Speaking of which, our time has flown by. I, I feel like we've learned a lot today and Alex and I are walking away with things that we can use. But I want to give the rest of our time to you. Do you have a a parting thought or a parting shot you'd like to give our, our few thousand coaches today? Or do you have um, something that you wanted to talk about that we missed? Well, I think it was a pretty organic conversation, which is what I love. We covered all the different pathways, right? I call my work remote pathways because it's interesting as we step back as coaches to look at the varied conversations we have each and every day or week or month or year. There's so many interesting themes that start to emerge. So as coaches, like Hope you'll find some time uh, to, to, to our theme today that's emerged in the last hour to find time to actually pause and reflect. Maybe get in your helicopter and get up and look out at that 30,000 foot view of like, where have your conversations taken you this year? What are you called forward to do? do you, are you like Alex who you know, definitely wants to get that next book out? Are you like Christopher who's like, you know what? I'm, I'm good where I am. Like, what do we wanna do? And what's our mark in the world? So I think that would just be my uh, parting thought. Like, let's give ourselves also the gift of a pause, because the more that we can give that to ourselves, the better we can show up in the conversations with our clients. And they need us now. The world needs coaching even more than before. Um, we are hungry for connection as a human race. And, you know, we are, as coaches, we are really orchestrators of great conversation that has meaning and impact. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate spending time with you again. I hope and look forward to being back with you maybe down the road again for another Absolutely. Time. you got two books coming out. We'll be talking again. Yeah, well, great. So and it's nice to meet you, Alex, as well. Yeah, thanks for the um, – th there was so much value here. So thanks for the value, but also for the, the little shove, the little unintentional shove. 
<laughs> That's what we do as coaches, right? right? You were ready to have a bit of a shove, I hear. So. Oh, I'm, I'm very ready. I'm ready. To, it's, I need more than a shove. <laughs> well, enjoy. And, you know, happy holidays, everyone. If I don't get to, you know, see you before the end of the year, enjoy some time with your families or your loved ones and just keep having great conversations as you step into 2021. Indeed, that is the voice of Jennifer Britton. You can find out more by going to groupcoachingessentials.ca, people, not com, .ca. If you like, do a forward slash uh, thanks.html and you get the, the uh, free giveaway. The, um, I want to say it uh, correctly. and it's I'll, say it, I'll say it for you, Chris. How about this? Right, seven, seven, seven ways to amplify your virtual conversations. Thank you very much. Also get the book, Effective Virtual Conversations, as well as check out the related ICF CCE approved program, Virtual Facilitation Essentials. It's a program, it's something we could all use these days, right? And along with uh, the tips that we got today, as well as, I'm trying to think, there's something else, potentialsrealized.com. Or I just say head on over, join me next week, right? Stand out virtually for the five-day challenge. Even before you go to Potentials Realize, my main company, head on over to Stand Out Virtually because you'll get tips and ideas and a push or a shove, as Alex said, into some action around how can you really magnify your virtual presence for 2021. That's right. And I think Alex could use Plan, Do, Track, the workbook and planner for virtual and remote <laughs> professionals that you produced last year. All right. Thank you so much for being with us, Jennifer Britton. Check out her podcast as well. Alex Terranova, I hear that you have a podcast called The Dream Mason Podcast at your website called thedreammason.com. Anything that you want to um, promote book-wise or anything? You know, always, I, you know, you notice it's like sitting in the background of my, I got it propped up nicely for you. So I just want you to look at it. Uh, I was so dazzled by your PCC certificate that I missed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Fictional Authenticity. Go over to thedreammason.com. Check out Fictional Authenticity. Check out the podcast. There's so many new things. I'm working on a new podcast that's going to be very, very different. And also uh, at Accomplishment Media, we just launched like four new podcasts. So we got a podcast on relationship and sex. We got a podcast on um, blue call, like coaching for the blue collar, um, not the actual blue collar, but blue collar, you know, industries. Um, so there's a lot of cool things going on. That's I, there's too much to promote. That's what I got for you right now. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you, dear listener, for your time and uh, focus today as we've been learning so much about group and team coaching. We'll be back with you next week as we are with, with you each and every week with people that you need to know about in coaching people out on the cutting edge or just plain interesting folks. Thanks for listening uh, here on Accomplishment Media or wherever you're getting your podcast these days. Uh, Christopher McAuliffe saying we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>